Yeah, and I've got to work with with uh, with, with Alice Cooper. We were talking about Alice Cooper. I worked on his Welcome to My Nightmare tour, and he was just crazy. But but like you said, you know, with with a lot of these guys, it was just it, it was their persona. And off stage, they're just like the quietest people. You know? Well, everybody knows that followed Alice Cooper, of course, with those crazy shows. He's always in makeup. He's going nuts. But I've seen him with no makeup on. He sounds so philosophical. You're like, wait a minute. It's the same guy? It's like a doctor when he's talking to you. But when he puts in that mask, he's another person. It's like showtime. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. I, I can I can remember being at Polygram Records and being introduced at a meet and group to Marilyn Manson, and he's the quietest guy. He was just sitting in a corner, but his persona is just so crazy. And and you got and he had the lightest handshake. Hi, how are you? You know, <laughs> but just you know when someone shakes your hand, you want you want like a real it's like air. It's like you're yeah. doing. It's like air. It's like the air shake. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing there. It's like, hi. <laughs> I've been down that road with some of the acts too. You're like, that's an interesting moment. This is not really interesting. Hmm. Mm. So that's that's your story behind the scenes. So of course now, well, that's why I wanted you to tell people, you know, that you've been in the music industry most of your life in different yeah. capacities doing this job. So, you know, here's the thing now. You started with the with the compilations in the 90s, or the, was this the 80s that the disco compilation? Not 90s, 90s, probably 90, 97, 98. Okay, so let me, let me ask you this question, because you're a DJ. You know, we know hip-hop was already making its way across the oceans, and I know you play that because you mentioned you into the hip-hop side. Yeah. House music, because house music really started to take off here mid-80s in America. Were you seeing any of that stuff coming up or realizing what it was into Australia? Yeah, it, 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 it was because, you know, by, by, the, by, by the 80s, you sort of had, you know, Central Station Records, which you would have shot at many times, and Joe's, Joe from Central Station Records is a very, very dear and old, an old friend of mine. So they had that the network in, in place, and by by and I was and another story, I was actually the first DJ to ever buy a twelve inch single from from Joe from Central Station when he opened his very first shop in a little arcade in in, in Melbourne, and he sort of grew into you know as you know one of the biggest labels and and importers of of house and dance and funk and and, and hip hop. You know, in, in Australasia, and yeah, so, so, so by the eighties, there was a, a really strong net, network for importing in, importing the music. So, but again, it was it was still pretty underground. It was still pretty underground. You know, people running clubs, and and it, to be honest, back then it was it was much bigger in the gay clubs than what it was in the straight clubs. You know. It always goes to show you that the gay clubs have better choice of music. I've always said that. Always. 
you know, that's where it usually begins and it always breaks there. And then eventually regular club scene jumps on it, but it's usually for years being played in the gay club scene before it ever gets its time. It's due right in commercial, you know, the other side of the club land. So you're going into the nineties. Now you're making compilations, you're touring. Yeah. When does the production work begin for you? The production work for me began, I suppose, in because I, I'd always focused on. I was pretty much a full time DJ, and full time DJing for me, I was I was playing, you know, six seven nights a week, consistently for years, and many years I played like five six hundred gigs a year, some years as high as seven hundred gigs a year, two or three gigs a night, so. Production took really took a bit of a back seat, and then in the in the early two thousands, you started to have these younger kids coming through that were like that, that were doing their own remixes of tracks, and then you know everybody had access to the you know the, the funky mixes and the ulti mixes and the wicked mixes. And the standard remix service, but these guys started putting their own twist on tracks. And then I was like, and then I started to think to myself, well, if I'm going to have any longevity in what I'm doing, I've really got to get with the program. I've got to start making my own remixes of stuff. I've started, I've got to have my own twist, my own personal twist on what I'm doing. So that really sort of shook me into the air. And I just just sort of started making remixes and, and and edits for my own personal sets, and from there people people started asking me for stuff and saying, you know, we really like what you're doing. And then, and then I just sort of decided to start to sort of get it get it out to people by the mid by the mid sort of two thousands, and then by. I think you know, maybe 2008, 2009. I started to, to get to get some stuff out to you know when when Facebook was in its infancy, it sort of opened up that network to to get your music to people overseas, and then just start, started connecting with a lot of a lot of old school funk and disco DJs that played the a lot of the weekenders in in the UK, the soul weekenders. And it just 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 progressed from there, and just built on it, and pretty much it. You know the the skills that I have are all sort of self-taught. I, I, I didn't go to university. I didn't study any engineering courses. I suppose it's just in, intuition and put, putting a twist on a track and and uh, adding your own flavour to it. I will say I remember, let's see, in the mid-90s when I first came, um, house was being played a lot. Mm-hmm. But trance was already really big yeah. in Australia yeah. because I was blessed to play at Chevron in Melbourne, and that was like your paradise garage, I was told. In so yeah. many ways. So, and I got to experience what it was like to play at Chevron, for example. 
Um, I'm probably one of the first that came with the, the New York guys that came over to play in Australia and was able to experience the Australian crowds because, I mean, you know, I was going to U- Europe and UK for so long already, but I never went that far because you, it always felt you guys had your own thing going on mm. aside from what we were doing. Um, but I'm going to guess because you're being, you're gigging two nights, two to uh, six, seven nights a week, two to three gigs a night. So you're playing what, two hours per set each spot. Right. And then moving, yeah. moving around. Yeah. Was there ever, ever a thought of you to play a resident DJ at one spot and not have to do all these guest spots? Oh, yeah, I had, I had a lot of midweek, midweek residencies where, you know, we, uh, Guy Jeff Holden and I, we, we ran a night at Monsoons at the Hyde Hotel, which, which ran from 2002, sorry, from 92 to 2007. And I was a residency there pretty much, you know, like like every week where I was doing like a, you know, and, and you know, you know when, when you're, the residency just in one club, you're playing six, seven, eight-hour sets. I mean, they're unheard of these days. You know, you get promoters these days ring you up and ask you to do a 45-minute versus set. <laughs> so when you say what? When oh, yeah, 45-minute versus set with another DJ. What is supposed <laughs> to be? Five what you, how many records are you playing? Four? Five? <laughs> if you're lucky? Crazy. Yes, yeah, so I so so I, I, I did have residencies, and throughout pretty much from I had ten years of, of of solid touring where pretty much every every second weekend I'd, I'd, I'd be interstate working, and you just you get sick of it, you get sick of it, as you know, just living out of suitcases and. You know, when when you go into a place for the for the first time, it's great. But when you, when you when you're sort of playing in the city for 10, 15, 20 times, it's and just the travelling, and that just sort of took its toll. And then I sort of came back and was more, you, you know, having residencies. These were were residencies that I was playing, like having two or three residencies a night. So yeah, but it was just sort of building up, having those. Solid weekly weekly sets to you know like and with a family to support too like with with children to support it's you know as you know being a full time DJ it's it's tough it's tough going and I I don't know many many now you know besides guys you know like at at the top of the tree that that can actually afford to 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 DJ full time now you know. And post COVID, you know, the, the the rates have gone way down again as well, you know. And then, as you know, as as technology improves and, and gets better, you get a lot of guys that'll just that'll play for peanuts, you know. Some guys, some guys are playing promoters to DJ. They're giving them money <laughs> instead of getting paid. Okay, everyone, listen carefully. Sell 25 tickets and you can DJ at my club all night for two hours. And people are taking those 
those gigs because they never DJ before or they're trying to get in, they'll do it, do whatever they have to to get those gigs. You know, it's just, it is what it is. I, I, I totally understand. I understand it from the beginner and I also understand it from the veteran side. So it's a tough, it's a tough one. So, you know, you have gold records and all that stuff, your remixes, your productions, because we know we've seen you on track source and, you know, Spotify, you have your records up there and things like that. That was definitely the progression when the club started to slow down. It had to be you, to stay in this yeah. game. So you have to be in the record business to keep going, to supplement, supplement the part that you don't, you can't DJ anymore as much, or you don't want to. It's just too much after a while, like you said. But you mentioned something about traveling. Did you leave yet to go international? Did you go over to Europe and UK to play? Or did you or were you only I, I, I went over to the UK to sort of connect with 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 my network of friends, but I but I didn't actually play, you know, like I, I played in Bali and, and Thailand a few times, which which were a bit closer. So I, I haven't actually, you know, played in the UK. I've been over to the UK a couple of times to connect with 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 a lot of the old school guys and go to a few of the Soul Weekenders, which has just been great because they, they just have that real appreciation for the music over there and that love that's just, you know, and, and to, to connect with people, as you know, to, it's all about the connections that you make and to connect with people that have been in the business as, as long as what you and I have. It's, it, it's a real blessing, you know. And and the friendship is that instant connection is, is is just there and and to connect with people that 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 adore the music is just that's that you know it's 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 next level it's next level yeah well, that- so, so get, getting back to the to, to the remixing so so then you know I started you know making my own remixes for my sets pumping them out to a few DJs. And then a couple of guys said to me, oh, you know, your mixes are pretty good. Have you thought about getting them out to one of the remix services? So then, I don't know if you know, do you know DMS, Direct Music Service in the US? So Direct Music Service, uh, which which are LA guys. Is that Carrie Vance? Yeah. Carrie Vance, right? Yeah. So those guys, so I started submitting edits and remixes to those guys and they started releasing them on their platform. So it's just all about getting my name out there. And then so then I was getting stuff out through Hyped It, the remixes and edits. And then I approached DMC in the UK. And DMC again that's that's opened so many doors for me because DMC, you know, as you know, like with the World DJ Championships, they, they built their foundation from the 80s and they had guys like, you know, Ben LeBrand and Michael Gray started with DMC as well. And, you know, I've, I've had three albums of remixes and edits released by DMC and since I sort of formed the connection with them a couple of years ago, I've had 
two or three remixes of, of, of edits on, on on every issue that they've brought out. So that's been wonderful as well. And then and then again, that sort of led led to opportunities with with labels approaching me, and you know, get, getting stuff out there, working with with Kenny Summit with Good For You Records, put out a mix CD with a lot of his stuff through through Honey, through Kenny Summit, and uh, became very good friends with Scott Wozniak. Yeah, Scott. Scott's a talented brother, real yeah. talented. Yeah. So Scott opened doors for me as as well, and Kenny Summit actually, you know, learned a lot honing his production skills working with working with Scott also. Mm. And then and then you know was approached by by labels, you know, had had releases on on Midnight Riot records and now um, did a remix of Dennis Ferris Church Lady for for King Street. Oh what? quite well. And now I'm working with with Irma Records in Italy, so made some wonderful connections. Yeah, it's it's, it's been great. Had a couple of number ones on on Track Source. Now I'm working with Jamie Lewis with Purple Music. Signed four or five tracks to Purple. So yeah, it's it, it's great. I, you know, I I feel blessed to still be in the business. And as you know, it's it's about reinventing yourself. Oh. To have that longevity and your oh. and your career changing, and of course, COVID changed changed everything. And then with lockdown, you know, it was a time to sort of re reevaluate what I was doing and what I wanted for my future. And producing was it. Do you think um, the club scene is going to come back the way it was pre-COVID? It's it, it's it's starting to now, and, and there's talks of getting some some big bigger festivals back as well. It's 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 really hurt the club scene. It's really hurt the club scene, and it's taken a long time. You know, even now, people still still don't want to go out. Yeah, sure. You know, the kids will go out. 18, 19, 20 year olds will go out. But those older people that have that real, you know, appreciation for the old school music, no, they're, you know, I think people are still. It's you know, it's sort of like step lightly. Let me ask you something. You know, which is which is you know, a lot of people in the northern hemisphere have no clue how tough. The restrictions were with COVID in Australia. Can you, you know, because we heard Melbourne was like a Gestapo, it was one of the most locked down places in the world. It's yeah. crazy. You could you couldn't go anywhere. We we, we you know we we had a curfew. We you couldn't go. You couldn't go anywhere from eight p.m. at night until. 6 a.m. in the morning, you weren't even allowed to be on the road. If you're on the road in your car, you'd, you'd be arrested. <laughs> I mean, what? Anywhere. That makes no sense to me. And get arrested to go into a jail. Yeah. 
Holy smokes. It's crazy. We, we were the most locked down city in the world. Absolutely. And, it, and it, it's, just, it's just crazy. And you look at the, the restrictions that were in place, even in New York and, and in, in London, you know, cities 10 times, 20 times the size of, of, of Melbourne. But they put the hardest restrictions on us. Because you are bad people. It's tough. Dirty. Bad. <laughs> That's why I was telling my friends there. I'm like, what? They said, they don't, you don't understand. They said, you'll get fined two grand Aussie if you're caught outside. It's first offense. Then second mm. offense, you're caught again. You're doing, you're doing 90 days. 90 days. Mm. You're already locked up in your house. So you're going to go from your house locked up into a jail. Wonderful idea. Christ. You know, the, the, the restrictions and, you know, the, the fines that they have on businesses here can be anywhere from $10,000 up to $100,000. But one thing I noticed, I noticed, which I never noticed before, was when that rally happened, mm. people came out and started going against the government, which I never thought, because Australians are very, Docile, very nice, beautiful, warm people. They were starting to look like Americans with their stuff out going, we had enough. It was yeah, getting people were fed up. Because because lockdown would lift and then we'd have maybe two or three weeks of freedom, and then you're back into lockdown again. And then businesses were, were starting to open up. And then as quickly as that opened, they'd have to close again. And, you know, the, the, the hospitality the hospitality industry here in Australia relies heavily for staff on, on backpack, backpackers and people coming from Europe and from the States on working visas and tourist visas, you know, where, where they can come and work for a year or two years. And all those people had to leave the country. And go back to their own country. So, you know, one of the biggest problems now that venues have is finding staff. Mm. They just can't get staff. They just aren't the people to fill the jobs. Were you were you doing like everybody else? Were you on Facebook doing your sets and uh, twitching yet, or you just decided, you know what, I'm not doing this. I'm going to wait this out to get to well, this. I, it's funny. I didn't do any live streams, but I did do a live stream. So what I did was I'd, I'd hop on my on my mountain bike and go for a ride, and then I'd be next to the river, and I'd, I'd sort of film the river and say, "Here's my latest live stream from the stream." Everyone, Kenny uh, worked at his live stream with the water yeah. going by. Watch it carefully. It's <laughs> happening. That's good. I like that. No, I'll lift that to others and just and just concentrate it on the uh, on, on the production side of things. I mean, it, it, each to their own. For for some guys, it, I mean, it, it really did keep keep people people's sanity. You know, it kept people sanity, like guys like, you know, like Corsi. And as you know, you know, Corsi's the, the biggest DJ in Australia and he, he has been for many years. And Corsi 
went on went on air live streaming every Saturday night, and uh, I think it just it just kept so many people's sanity. So people were sort of having parties with their families at home because people pretty much had to party on their own because they weren't allowed to have anybody in their house. Not even family members could come to your house. You're only allowed to lockdown was just you and and your partner or your children. That was it. <laughs> But do you know, see, see, people understand why did that happen? What was the reason? Did you guys not have the vaccines? Did, did, what was going on from Australia's point of view? Because you guys must have been asking, why is this happening to us? Europe is already partying. America's starting to get back. We're still in lockdown. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 it was just the way the government was here. It was, it, it's just baffling. Just baffling to, you know, the, and it, it was all about the, the advice that they were getting from their from their health ministers and these so-called experts. And you know, everyone was just saying, you know, it's it's time for you to just rip the band-aid, let 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 people out and let it become what it's got to become, you know. And it's becoming that now. Yeah, sure, we you know, like we still have cases, a lot of cases each day, but it's but it's manageable, you know. And there's a lot of fear-mongering and scaring people. And it's, you know, you have to learn to live with it. Yeah. Now, you're five decades into this dance thing called dance music. So beyond, like Star Trek says, to where we go beyond, what's the focus now? We're in a perfect moment COVID's in the rearview mirror it's not away yet it's in the rearview mirror so don't send me a hate mail everybody i said it's in the rearview meaning it could come right back in front of you but at least your mindset is we're kind we're, we're forging forward to the yonder what's your plan well my my plan now is i, I do want to get back out there djing again i'm i'm I look after seven venues in Melbourne where I'm music director. Similarly, you know, we were talking about Marcus before, what Marcus does, similar to sort of what, what, what Marcus Knight does with, you know, looking after venues. So I'm sort of booking DJs, setting the music from the start of the night to the end of the night. So... Wait a minute, everyone. Hang on, everyone. Ken at work needs your resume, CV, and music sent to No, Ken. no, no. <laughs> I get enough people hitting me up. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a second. You're the, wait, wait. Let's rewind this for a second. You actually curate music for every venue, the seven venues, meaning you have to put the DJ yeah. lineups. Do you yeah. have a servicing company like uh, that you have your own DJs that are doing that you are looking after or is it oh, just... The, 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 the DJs get paid by the venues, but the venues sort of pay me to to book the DJs and, and to set the, the music direction from the beginning of the night with the warm-up sets through to the middle to the, through to the end. So, And that's something I've always done. I've, I've been doing that for more than 15 years now. So I'm still doing that. Want to get back to DJing? I mean, I'd I'd, I'd love, you know, I've been approached to, to to DJ overseas, but it's still, yeah, I'd, 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 
definitely love to do that. I mean, I'd love to play some vinyl sets overseas, absolutely, but I don't know how I'd go carting vinyl everywhere. As you know, it's so the the the, the technology, and I, I I don't know about you, but with me, I've always embraced technology. And as you know, you, you get your old school DJs that are like, you know, you're not a real DJ unless you play vinyl. And you get that everywhere. I mean, I know in New York, you've, you've, you've got those associations with the old school DJs, haven't you, where they all get together? Guys that have been playing 40, 50 years. I have a me. He plays, he refuses to play digital. Refuses to play digital. He will not have nothing of it. He wants turntables in front of him. What can I say? It is what it is. Yeah, so you, you get, you know, you get those guys who who just who just play 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 vinyl, and then you, you know you get others like like you and I who who embrace technology, and I've always embraced technology. I mean, I I was one of the very first DJs to play CDs in a club. And guys are like, what, what are you doing? And this is before they even bought out the, the very early CD mixes, the, the really early Pioneer units that, that Pioneer had and the, the Denon units. Remember the Denon Twin Decks? And they had the, the Pitch Bender. <laughs> and they were, you know, and, and we, we cut our teeth with those in the early days. and. I always embraced embraced technology, so yeah, I've always moved moved technically with the times, and I think you have too, haven't you, Lenny? No, mate, I'm still in Fred Flintstone land, playing with old with old rock cave rocks. No, I mean you have to. There's no way around it. Yeah, you want to stay with what's going on. You have to embrace it now. You can be what I call hybrid. You don't have to take the whole thing, but you got to, to be able to, uh, this is my opinion, to be able to stay in this thing, you have to embrace what the next trends are to a certain extent. At mm. first I was very, I mean, I remember saying it myself in a magazine article. I would never play CDs. You said that? <laughs> I learned to eat that one. Those CDs were in my mouth. Yes. So, people, this is the question I want to ask Ken. As a person that's been around as long as you have, and a new cat comes up to you, a new guy, you know, and you have that sit down, what's some of the things that you would like, you would say to him that he should be doing? You know, what's some of the things as a veteran of our industry um, that you you would tell someone? I'd, I'd, I'd be telling them to to find their to find their own groove, you know, to get in your groove and to stick with them. And I, I, I have so I mean and you and you can work you can work these young guys out very, very quickly, the ones that are in in it for the right reasons, for musical reasons. And the guys that are just in it for fame and notoriety, you know, you, you can work someone out very, very quickly. And I'm all more than willing to impart knowledge onto anyone if their heart's in the right place, you know. 
but their heart has to be in the right place for, for me to give anyone really the, 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 the time of day. And there's some young cats that are, that are that are really switched on, that are musically switched on. Yeah, they may not have the you know the ten thousand piece vinyl collection, but they absolutely love and adore the music. You know, and you have to respect them for that. That the love's there for the music. Sure. And the love has to be there. It has to be there. I, I, I'm just not interested in in dealing with anyone that's in 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 the industry for the wrong reasons. You know, you've got to be in it for the right reasons. Well, the problem today is, from what we came from, is it was about the music and not the social side of the music. Mm. You know, it was about the actual music that made Mm. the difference. Today, unfortunately, it's more about going to the gym, taking selfies, looking fabuloso, and comparing to everybody else what you do. And how hot you look at your gig, and this mm. and that—it's a different world. It's a different world than when we came up in, you know. Much yeah, for sure, for sure. The times now are changing. <laughs> you got that right. You got that right. So, I mean, are we expecting more music from you? A lot more music? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ab- ab- absolutely. I've, like I said, I've. I've of working on, you know, some, some remixes for, for Irma Records in, in Italy. Irma. Um, Irma. I've gone back, yeah, with, with Irma. So I'm remixing uh, a couple of Just the Funk tracks. Oh, excellent. Yeah, Say It Again and, 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 and Can We Live and some of the Soul Trend Orchestra tracks. And I've actually started a, uh, started producing with Sam, Sam alone out of Dallas, and I know you had you had Mark Farina on your show a couple of weeks ago, and Steve, who is Sam Alone's very very good friends with with Mark Farina, and also with uh, with Demarcus Lewis, Demarcus Green, as well. Mm. And so I've started working with Steve, and the first remix we worked on together is. Which is coming out in Irma in early May is Soul Train Orchestra's cover of Fat Larry, Fat Larry's band's "Act Like You Know." So Act uh, like you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know that record. Spring. Yeah. So, so we worked, we worked on a remix of of that, and I've also got a remix that I've done for for Jamie Lewis. Of uh, he re- he released uh, a version of a house a house version of Commodore's Brick House about ten or fifteen years ago. So I've remixed that for uh, for Jamie. So yeah. you got your hands full. You got your hands full. Yeah, and we've got another couple of albums coming out through through DMC and working with Midnight Riot Records. Oh, things coming out through A new, new version of uh, David Bowie's Young Americans, which I've been working on. A softball version of that. Good. Yeah, so. Well, always something to do, Lenny. Yeah, you got to keep, keep busy, brother. 
You got to keep booking those gigs. You got to DJ yourself and you got to keep churning out. And like I always say, make the music happen and keep and keep it going because, you know, this soulful thing is really important. It cannot be lost with time. We must. Yeah. Keep, we have to keep it going. We have to keep yeah, it going. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I've been, you know, I feel like I've, I've been very, very blessed with with my career and the longevity that I've had and the years that I've been in the business and the changes, adapting to technology and, and you know, working in clubs, working with promoters, building those associations, friendships, relationships. It's a lot of work. As you know, it's a lot of work. You just made me tired. I'm already tired. I'm like, oh, I feel like the race is almost over just when you're telling me because it reminds me of everything I got to do when I get off this phone with you. I mean, off this show. It's just, it never ends. It feels like it never ends. The work is waiting for us. Trying to get it all yeah. done is, is not easy. That's the balancing act, right? The balancing act? Yeah. And and since I've been in in lockdown, you know, I've, I've, it does it does, it has made me re reevaluate everything in your life as like as it does because you get more time for yourself, more time to think, more time to reflect where you want to be, what you want to do, and, and that's definitely production is 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 where I want to be. Are you that's still? Are you still locked down? Or are you out and free? Do no, we're out of lockdown now. There's, there's, a, there's restrictions on the size of some events, but we're, but we're pretty much out of lockdown now. We're pretty much out of lockdown. Good. Hope you never but go. They, the only restrictions that they have are for the. It, 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 if you run vaxxed, there's there's still a lot of restrictions for the unvaxxed compared to the vaxxed. Like unvaxxed still can't go into restaurants. Yeah, working from think, home. But you think, do you think it's you think it's fair that we had to take the vaccines and the ones that didn't should be having the same uh, get out of jail card like we do? Like we can go eat now in those places or. Is it all right? Just open everything up and let it just go back to where it was pre-COVID. What do you think at this point? I, I, I think I, I think I open it up and let it rip. Open it up and, and, and let it rip. Each, 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 each to their own, I suppose. I mean, there's, there's people that haven't had vaccinations their whole life. So it's, you know, it, it, it's a personal choice. People's personal decisions, what they, you know. What, what each and, and everyone does with their with their life, but it's and what they want to do. So I think it is a personal choice. It's it's not something that I think can be forced on people. Sure. Yeah, I think let it rip. <laughs> let it go, everyone. Let's go. Open everything up. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. It has gotten to that over here on the northern hemisphere. It's gotten that way already. Yeah. In fact, when war broke out, people didn't even mention the word COVID. It was like, no. COVID? What's that? It was like it was like nobody had anything to remember about COVID. It was like now we focus all our sights on the war. 
Everything else went silence. Gigs mm -hmm. are going. Festivals are on. Yeah. Let's go. Come on. I'm watching everybody. It's like like nothing ever happened. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. That's one good thing about here. They, they're bringing the festivals back. So they're starting to, you know, I saw a story the other day, Mark James, who ran Summer Days. I know people played at Summer Days and Future Music Festival. Worked for him, yeah. I remember Mark James, sure. Yeah. Those guys are getting back together. And they've got the, the backing of the of the government to put some big big festivals back on. So when I hear that Defected's coming back, Glitterbox is coming back. So we'll all be coming back. Yeah, slowly, slowly. Yeah, I mean, in in parts. You know, I was already approached next year would be the right time to be there in 23. I'm pretty much thinking that because I spoke to people in Asia and things are still closed in Asia. Singapore yeah. closed. Yeah, still closed. Uh, Thailand still closed. Yeah. It's, it's rough. I mean, you know. Well, my as, you, as you know, especially for internationals to make that sort of tour worthwhile, you, you, you've got to sort of tie that in sort of after you come to Australia and New Zealand. You, you've got to head over to Singapore and, and Bali and Phuket and do all those islands and do and do Australia and all that on the back end of a three or four week tour. Yeah. Agreed. Well, we're going to keep watching you. Can it work? I like that. I love that name. Can it work? <laughs> Walk out. <laughs> and I want to thank you for getting up so early and spending your time with us on a very important show. And people got to know you around the world who guess you didn't know Ken Walker, known as Ken at Work. He's a guy with emotion and feeling. He comes from the disco era. He understands the difference between real music and computer music. And we love Ken at Work. We thank, love thank you so much, Lenny. Thank you so much. And, you know, I've, I've admired you from afar from, for a long, long time. And you've got the love of the music. You've got the history of the music. And such a pleasure and an honour to, to sit down and, and, and talk with you. And, yeah. the people, and the people got to hear you tell your story. And that's so yeah. important to this. The reason why we did this is we need to hear your voice. We need to hear it, paint the picture of what all the music we've all been hearing coming out and all those compilations and everything. And it's great that you shared your time with us. And Because I still can't get Dr. Packer to get up to do this. <laughs> knock, knock, Packer. Knock, knock. You got to do it too. He wants to do it, but I want him live. Live. <laughs> I don't want Packer on a replay, right? Everybody's asking, what are you bringing Dr. Packer? Well, why don't you send Dr. Packer a mail, everybody, and ask him oh. what Because Ken got I'll, up. I'll, I'll, I'll talk to Greg. Greg's a, Greg's a friend of mine. So, But it's, but it's even worth, worse in Perth because they, they're another three or four hours. I know. So stay up like I'm in L.A. Just stay up. Work late. Don't go to sleep. And then we'll catch it together. We'll be together. Like I've done yeah. for 
things for you guys. I've had to take phone calls in the middle of the night because we need things to be done. I need to talk to you. Yeah, I know. I get up. I do. Well, you know what? He's, he's a primitive. We love Greg, Greg Packer. And we love yeah. all you guys. I have to say, I've had some of the best gigs of my life in Australia with all of you. Some mm. of the best, best gigs I can remember. All the years I traveled playing in some of the best places, especially in Melbourne, playing at Chevron, which I felt like I played at the garage. It was crazy. It was crazy. Mm. I was like, wow, the people screaming. And it was nuts. I was like, I, I didn't, I, none of us in the Northern Hemisphere really knew what this was like down there. We had no clue. Absolutely no clue. And I'm going to blame it on you, Ken, because it's guys like you that made that happen. All of you DJs, you, it's your fault. You have to take blame for doing a good job. So mm. keep doing that good job. Keep preaching the music. Show the youngins what they need. Don't ever stop. And stay safe. Hopefully I'll see you soon on that side or you're in the Northern Hemisphere or the Southern Hemisphere. But I want to say thank you so much, my friend. Have a Thank you, Lenny. And have I know Appreciate you're Summer's over for you, and spring is beginning for us. Two things I want to say. We're coming off of Ken Walker, right? I'm bringing you guys Mike Dunn from Chicago. <laughs> Mike Dunn's coming on. I got him. Got Fantastic. And Parrish from the old school's coming on. DJ Memphis me from Brazil and said, you do great things. And when he called me, I said, DJ Mem is coming on. So this show That's is right. popping at no, no, no. And most importantly, God damn you all, tune in Friday, 12 o'clock, New York City time for the True House Stories Takes Over Your Radio Show on Twitch. Follow me at Lenny Fontana Official. And for me, good night, ta-ta, Good morning and good day, everyone.